does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. This morning. All right, that's right. You better wake up. It's a Monday. We're feeling good in studio. The drivehubler.com studios. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Fellas, a very good morning. It felt like football this weekend, did it not? You woke up on Sunday and today it felt like football. We had a little Notre Dame football. I know KB's jacked up over that. Well, to dive into it. I thought and- about going shirt off today. <laughs> I wish you would have. I would have been fine full shirt off show the YouTube audience uh, what does human resources think well, of such things here I would like uh, to note that I fan. did not raise my hand for that I, it was an Mark Andy is, request not Mark for me Mark has been one that has been a fan of the shirt off before <laughs> don't let him fool he, you with he, that he, he looks like it there's no doubt about it you guys had a bet over the weekend uh, and then the big news obviously <laughs> the, beer over well, here. I, I don't I either don't know. the Colts 53 man roster and fellas we sit here at what is it 701 and Jonathan Taylor is still in Indianapolis Colt. We'll talk about that as we go. But, fellas, a very good morning as we start week two on this program. Good Monday morning. Um, I, I would. I don't want to sound rude, but I, I'm going to go with this for the next month and a half. How is the wife before I ask how, how are you doing? Uh, the the did, wife did is. She survived the, the wife is good. weekend of, or heat filled week, I should say, of 32 weeks pregnant? Uh, yeah. 30? Just about. Just about. So okay. she, she's good. She's good. Uh, you know, everything's fine there. We're about packed up, and, you know, we close on a home uh, on Thursday after the nice. show. I'll be jetting from here to go give the rest of my money in my life <laughs> to somebody I don't know, and then uh, I'll feel even more real Indianapolis at that point. So you sure. obviously went back. Back home this uh, weekend? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I had to mow the lawn. That's what I did on Sunday morning. I mowed the lawn. Here you go. <laughs> Checking the box there. Checking Certainly. the box. Checking the box. But we have a lot to talk about. I know you're jacked up over Notre Dame. Uh, did you think Jonathan Taylor was going to be traded over the weekend? I guess I did uh, if he were going to be traded. Mark right now is looking for sound. Apparently, Schefter went on Chicago radio and said the Bears ain't going to get him. The Bears not right now trading uh, for Jonathan Taylor. And this sets up all sorts of interesting scenarios. What if he's back? What if you wait? mid-season. What if he has a good year? You wait to after the season. Uh, many things. And then as we sit here today, KB, and you know this, we could be having cuts that happen right now during the show as the roster gets trimmed by 4 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, I didn't think Taylor would get moved this weekend. You know, the Colts played the first set of preseason games last week. I mean, they, they played on Thursday night. You know, most teams, as we saw, played Friday or Saturday or you know, we even saw a game last night. So I think basically now we are through with the preseason. Um, as you mentioned, Andy, the Colts have started their roster cuts. They cut nine guys yesterday. I do want to go over that list. I do think there's a couple of names of note. Um, but I, I feel like today is when you really take your full assessment of now the entire NFL is through the preseason. Everybody has this full Monday where the deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Now you look at your injury situation. Now you get the lay of the land of, okay, who's out there? You know, where do we like depth on certain rosters or other teams going to have to cut some players that are of note? Um, this is when I think you get into the phrase, Andy, of deadline spur action. 
and I continue to come back to this because the Colts practice yesterday, Jonathan Taylor not participating in that practice. Obviously, he's still on the pup list. Uh, so that now brings the magic number down to six. The Colts will practice Wednesday and Thursday. Then my assumption is they will have four practices next week leading into the season opener. We are less than two weeks away from the season opener. Six practices. If Jonathan Taylor is a Colt, is six practices enough for him to be out there on September 10th? And like that, that's the other layer to this, Andy, of like, yeah. Yeah, probably not. There is a trade that could happen between now and Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Certainly, that's a huge storyline. But then there's also this hanging injury cloud that we continue continues to be an extremely murky situation. Chris Ballard is supposed to meet the media. Sounds like on Wednesday to go over the roster cuts. So that will be our next chance, I think, for a little bit of clarity on this situation. Uh, but but to answer your question, I did not think we'd see something this weekend. Having said that, I do think something we can get into is the Josh Jacobs domino. Because I always felt like more than Dalvin Cook, more than Ezekiel Elliott, what happens with Josh Jacobs has more relevance to Jonathan Taylor. It's a similar age, um, hasn't reached the major money like Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott have already reached. Obviously, the Cowboys cut Zeke. Obviously, the Vikings cut you know Cook. Josh Jacobs hasn't been cut by the Raiders. They just turned down his fifth-year option last year. So, um, the sweetening of the franchise tag, a la what your Giants did with Saquon Barkley, is what we saw with Josh Jacobs. So, what, if anything, does that mean for Jonathan Taylor? That's a trend now, by the way, isn't it? That is I, something to I mean, I mean that's a trend now. I know Taylor's not there, but that is now Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Two massive names have both done it, right? The Raiders and Giants both did you know essentially the same thing sure yeah and it's not eye-popping I mean it's not anything too too crazy it is something um and again Taylor is not in the same exact boat as though to as those two because they both were playing under the franchise tag or were going to play they're going to make a little more than 10 mil even if they didn't get a sweetheart deal Taylor's Correct. making four and change yes Taylor is still on the final year of his own rookie deal whereas Barkley and Jacobs' former first round picks were you know in that franchise tag range so uh, that I think is something to touch on with Jonathan Taylor also something I want to get to a little multitasking for Kevin Bowen on Saturday here okay so we're watching Notre Dame and Navy and Shane Steichen's got a zoom presser. So I didn't know what proper Zoom etiquette was. Was I allowed to wear the Notre Dame T-shirt on the Zoom? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. If you were listen, if you were wearing Buffalo Bills stuff, it would be. Whoa, a, it would Bill, be a, oh well, boy! No, if you were wearing, if you were wearing another NFL team, if I wore a Patriot shirt, yeah, yeah. Shane Steichen would have been like, hey, <laughs> if you had a Mac Jones jersey up, on, uh, Steichen and company might frown on it. But I think you wear Notre Dame. Yeah, wearing Notre Dame is fine. Like if I was interviewing Halliburton, I was wearing, you know, and I was wearing a uh, a, uh, a Charlotte jersey or something like that, it would be a lot down. I don't know why I went to Charlotte there. I got up in yeah. the air. I got and a I got mellow caught. ball jersey, I, I Gordon caught. Hayward jersey yeah, to support Gordon. the Brownsburg. What, what am I going to do, wear a Gordon Hayward jersey? No, you wear Notre Dame. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, I, you know, because when you do play Navy, the thing about Navy is... Uh, yeah. They like to go for it on fourth down a lot, which always kind of makes my heart. You know, I mean, at, at some point, can you throw the football? Skip it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I was I mean, told Navy, that Navy was going to throw it's it this 2024, year. 2024, big guy. Let's, you know, yeah. 23, excuse me. Going to be 24. Come on. Western Boone High School throws it better than uh, Navy threw How it on easy Saturday. How to be a wide receiver during practices for Navy, though? I know. They just stand there, don't do anything. Well, the yeah, first how pass pra- attempt of the game, the two pass catchers ran into each other. <laughs> yeah, so apparently like, they don't practice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. You guys are actually calling this play? I don't really know where to run, but 500 down the field and throw it boy, up in the air. Your boy Jason Garrett got crushed on Twitter, too. I, I, People I, just don't I am like not a Jason, Jason Garrett fan. Well, of course fan. you're not. Who is a Jason Garrett fan? I actually thought... Uh, 
Ian Eagle's son did a nice job. He was no, on Eagle. Oh, he's great, man. Yeah, he, he was on yeah. the call. It's usually Jack Collinsworth. Right. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of, but that's neither here nor there. So, we've got the Zoom Saturday afternoon, watching the Irish, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know what? I keep on getting the Mo Alley Cox question. Mm-hmm. Is this guy a surprise mm-hmm. cut? Where are we at tight end wise? So, I'm like, you know what? Let's pose a Mo Alley Cox question to Shane Steichen. Um, I tweeted out the transcript of. The answer, and boy, you got a lot of people saying, hmm, if I were Mo Alley Cox's family mm-hmm. slash agent, I don't know if I would call that a ringing endorsement. And Andy, Mo Alley Cox has kind of always been this, you know, box on Christmas that you're like, man, is there more in there? Like, did I get everything out? Out of that bag, is there more, you know, is he He's the basketball the, is he the player? Stocking? Is he the stocking? Yeah, stocking's probably yeah. a better way to describe it and it's like okay how many car wash coupons can i can i get here um and when you look at tight end right now jelani woods and we can get into this nate atkins from the star reported late late last night it's a torn hamstring for jelani woods and why he's missed so much time I, you know the definition of a tear is it a strain right. you know, you, you it's can a get bad injury though you can get in all that but certainly it, it's not a good injury and it's lingered since the spring um, so that's i think the name to watch before four o'clock Tomorrow we'll play that Steichen audio a little bit later. You know, I brought up on Friday's show to Greg Rakestraw. Do you do the Mo Alley Cox trade and try to find the equivalent to another player of his caliber at a position more of need? Because offensive there are line. offensive yeah. line would certainly be that as we got the official word on Danny Pinter's season being over. So um, I think those are some things that we can get to a little bit later in the show. Yeah, we'll do that. Bob Kravitz will join us coming up uh, at 8.30. We have our poll question. We still have a couple what, a couple spots in the fantasy league. I drafted what I think is the worst fantasy league uh, that I've ever drafted yesterday. I know Mark had uh, had one as well, so we can dive into that. And for me... Just we- one spot, Mark? Is the that one spot left? Just down gave to away, one? Gave away, we would have had two, uh, and you gave one away to the guy I who did. dropped on Friday. Uh, we gave, uh, ben, ben one, I think, was... Ben two. Uh, oh, Ben two, ben excuse two. me. How could I forget? Mark, Both you Ben's. said that with a bit of disgust that well, I gave away that say, spot. If the listeners are saying, I thought we had two, like, hey, Kevin Bowen gave away the other one. God, we have to place left. the blame on somebody, and KB's going to get it at 710. Uh, and before we take a break, just for me, we'll get into this definitely more at 730. Where are you with Jonathan Taylor? And I don't mean KB and Mark. I mean, as a fan, where are you? And then Mike Florio, like him or, or dislike him at Pro Football Talk, uh, had a couple interesting, hey, what if the Colts did this? What if the Colts did that? And a lot of it was predicated around keeping Jonathan Taylor and playing him at some point this season and then I know the Miami Dolphins are out there. There is another team and we've talked about it. This is not, you know, earth shattering. Guys, there's another team that's staring me straight in the face that needs to be in on Jonathan Taylor. I'll tell you who that is as well. Have we talked about them yet? We have, just not as much as Miami and perhaps even Chicago. Yeah, and a lot of people were chatting about the Jacobs thing over the weekend. It's like, okay, can you sweeten it a little bit with Taylor? Like, is that... You know, when Jim Mercer utters the phrase calming the waters a couple weeks ago, that to me is like the only way you somewhat calm the waters. Um, but again, I I know deadlines per action, but man, I just think Taylor's so dug in. I think he is so dug in. And how this all plays out uh, by tomorrow at four o'clock, part of me is like, finally. We're gonna. I, I think, yes. I think Finally. we're gonna get an answer. Yes. But then again, Andy, if he's on this team at four o'clock and they bring him off the fifty-three man roster, now the question becomes: disgruntled 
and I say in quotes, injured player. Like, okay, now that is the next layer to this story. And just because you don't trade him at 4 o'clock on Tuesday, that doesn't mean that you can't trade him at any point during the season. You can trade him up to the deadline, which is usually right around Halloween each year. And, of course, if you have a marquee team that has a big running back injury the second week of the season, not to bring up past memories, but... We saw the Colts usher in a Trent Richardson mm-hmm. trade in mid-September back in 2013 or 2014, whatever that season was. So uh, it's not like this is the Colts' own uh, self-imposed deadline, if you will. It's not like the NFL has some big deadline with this. That that comes in late October. I am Kevin Bowen. Andy Sweeney is with us. Mark Dykton as well. This week looks to be a much, much better week on the weather front than we had last week. So, good news on that end as we reach the month of August and into September. Again, today, we'll touch on the Moali Cox situation. Is that the surprise cut for the Colts? Also, kind of an annual tradition we've seen with roster cuts that in this market we've gotten used to I don't think that's going to be the case for the Colts this season. I know it's a little vague, but uh, yesterday's beginning of roster moves was a kind of a reminder to me that I don't think we're going to have an annual tradition with the Colts roster cuts like we've had for really 20, 21 of the last 22 years. Um, so we'll touch on that in the latest with Josh Jacobs back with the Raiders and the domino that that means for Jonathan Taylor. Again, good Monday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy, 93.5-1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Yeah, I like this. Beautiful morning here in Indy. Dude, we should be doing the show outside, out on the deck. Glorious. How about that? It's fantastic. Uh, wake Up Call, thank you for waking up with us. We got you to 10 o'clock coming up in about an hour. Bob Kravitz joins us here on the program. Uh, before we do a deep dive into JT, uh, Mark has this sound from Chicago. Uh, I want to get to that as well. They did tease us a little bit with college football on Saturday. Now, starting on Thursday, we're going to have football like it's, you know, we're going to have football like every day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then of course the NFL kicks in, so what? We're going to go to mid-February, KB, to where we are going to have footballs on su- we're have football on Sunday. Can I be Let's happy? Go. Can I be happy about Notre Dame or because it's Navy, I'm not allowed to be? Uh, you can be happy. It's fine. I have no problem with you being happy. I went to win. Yeah. I mean, it. Vegas had a what? 20 and a half and they yeah. won by yeah, they, 39? They, they, they covered easily. Navy with that very sad field goal in the fourth Oh, that's sad. Is there anything sadder than the Less than five minutes to go in the game, and you kick a field goal to avoid the shutout. Just one penalty for the whole game for the Irish. They scored touchdowns on their first five drives. So just from an operational week one, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback standpoint, I I was... I was pleased. How not. drunk was that crowd? It had to be thick. It, it was rocking. Uh, the place to, was rocking. Oh, you damn right it was rocking. People are having a good time. Guinness was flowing there. <laughs> Absolutely. In Dublin. Uh, Joe Montana just walking the sidelines. He was, yeah. He had a big old Guinness deal see, going there. he got an there. extra Super Bowl ring. Did you see that? No. The Chiron. They yeah, threw the Chiron. He got an extra f- Super Bowl Five-time Super Bowl champion. He's still oh. Steve Young somewhere uh, along the line. If I say Joe Montana, do you guys know what that is? Every time I hear Joe Montana, Joe Montana. 
Montaigne. No. Waterboy. Come on. Waterboy. Waterboy yes. oh, reference at 730. I should have known that. That's you should me. have. Yeah. We failed. It's okay. Uh, so Mark can play this sound here. And obviously the big news over the next several hours, uh, if Tuesday really is the deadline, what is going to happen with Jonathan Taylor in one of those teams we've been talking about, the Chicago Bears. So what? You want me to intro it? Adam Schefter was on with ESPN Radio there and talked about the Bears and Taylor and just Taylor, will he be traded? Go ahead. They're not in on Jonathan Taylor. They're not in. They're not in. Definitely. Definitely. What can you tell us about Jonathan Taylor? They're not in. (laughs) (laughs) Who is? Well, you know, there are a lot of teams that would like to be, and I'm sure even the Bears would be interested in being, but you got to pay the Colts and you got to pay the player. Mm -hmm. So all I'm telling you is the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if anybody will. Um, It's a lot to give up for any one player. That'll be, I think, probably the big situation by Tuesday. There may be some other things that happen. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of little trades. The question is, is there a big trade? Mm. And is there a Jonathan Taylor trade? And my guess would be probably not, but... Mm. These teams are going through their rosters, and we'll see if there's a team that decides to step up here in the next two days to make it out. It could happen. I, my guess would be it doesn't because there's a lot that's involved in it, but it could, but the Bears won't be trading for Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. That's a slight change in his tone from last week, Andy. You know, I thought last week he was a little bit more on thought a trade would get done. Obviously, the Bears' stance is very aggressive, mm-hmm. and, and he clearly makes his point there. You mentioned in the opener, you think there's another team that we should be talking about with Taylor? Yeah, I mean, listen, we've the majority, you would say, probably 75% of the conversation has been around Miami. Sure. That, that, mm-hmm. That's probably right. fair, and there's been a little bit of Denver you've brought up, and there's been Chicago. I brought that up last, maybe our first show together. Maybe it was last Monday. We talked about the Bears last Monday or Tuesday. I'm not saying this because, you know, listen, I'm a hater when it comes to this team, but the Dallas Cowboys should be the team. Uh, I mean, I know they have CeeDee Lamb. They have a contract out there. I know they have Micah Parsons, but they don't have the running backs to win the Super Bowl. Settle down. So you are not a Tony Pollard guy. I, listen, I'm a Tony Pollard guy, but I just think I, I think Tony Pollard is Deuce a Vaughn. two. Well, and listen, Deuce Vaughn, that's a nice story. His dad called him in what is it, the sixth round or whatever it was, and everyone in the room is crying and everything else. That dude like he's a change of pace. He's a special teams guy. He's uh, he's right now a poor man, Darren Sproles. The Cowboys have 21 in change in salary cap. Jerry Jones is is chasing a championship, and I know they have guys, big time players that they want to pay right now, but they don't know what their quarterback situation is. You don't give up a fourth rounder to go get Trey Lance. Am I wrong there? Because Dak Prescott has been I Dak Prescott. Scott has had issues, turnover issues, injury issues. How much is he going to cost in the future? Like, I don't think the Cowboys are settled at quarterback, but if you are settled this year, to me, the, the Cowboys are the team. They're, ch- you know, they're, they're, they're in a good division. Quite frankly, they're chasing the Eagles in that division. We saw that last year. I would pick Philly to be better than them. I think my Giants have closed the gap perhaps a little bit. They are just the type of team that needs to get over the hump, They're just the type of team that is absolutely in a win now, that is absolutely chasing with a fanatic owner. Uh, To me, and and they have the the draft picks. Like, to me, and they got the money. 
And they just they got the money. To me, we've talked about Miami. It still may be Miami if it happens. Uh, but I don't understand why the Cowboys aren't talked about even more so with what they have to go after them. That's my team. Yeah, it's weird. The whole cap situation with them, you know, obviously they had an extension from Malik Hooker and the deal for Trayvon Diggs. We saw the Zach Martin holdout, how that played out. And I'm not going to act like what Jerry Jones said is 100% gospel, but they asked him pretty directly last week about it. Oh, yeah, and, I know. know. And he downplayed it. And Jerry Jones strikes me as a guy that, like, if he felt the need to, you know, that they were going to pursue Taylor or do something, he would have hinted at it. It just it, Jerry Jones seems like that type of guy. It's interesting to me, Andy, in a way, the only teams we've really seen with legit interest, and it, maybe it is just the Dolphins from a public standpoint, like no NFC teams, and isn't the NFC? I mean, don't you look it's at wide that? Open. It's wide that's open. Wide open. I mean, yeah. unless you view Philly on this pedestal compared to everything else on, on the Taylor front. Again, the Colts made nine roster moves yesterday, Andy. I, I no surprises for me among the nine. None of those guys were on my fifty-three man roster. I would say the most notable name, certainly the most notable NFL resume, was they. Um, released Kenyon Drake Mm -hmm. and I guess before we get into Kenyon Drake I I get this question a lot this time of year so I just want to go over it for everybody you're going to see two words used in the next 36 hours for guys that are cut waived and released waived means you've played less than four years in the NFL and you're subject to the waiver wire so when Tuesday at four o'clock rolls around Everybody goes on the waiver wire that's played less than four years. Those guys that have been cut. And that's when you put in the waiver claim. So that's where the Colts sit, number four, after their four-win season last year. And they can make waiver claims for, again, mostly young players. That's where they've got the Jack Doyle, the Pierre Desir, the Kenny Moores of the world. Kenyon Drake, he falls into the category of he was released yesterday because he's played in the league for more than four years at that point, the NFL says you've earned the right to be a free agent. So you can then pick where you're going, whereas waiver claim for a 24-hour period, you initially are subjected to those waivers. You can't be a free agent until you pass through those waivers. So I just want to make sure um, that's that's usually a popular question I get here uh, whenever these roster cuts roll around. So Kenyon Drake is cut, Andy. Now if you look at the running back room for the Colts, we're back to where we were Week one of camp. Right. Kenyon Drake was the only real notable move they made. And he wasn't going to make the team. Throughout yeah. training camp. Right. So now we're back to this. Zach Moss's broken arm. Where he's at for week one. That's a question. And then two. And I don't think you and I have talked about this. It's a question I want to throw to Bob Kravitz when he joins us at 830. Should the Colts be pursuing Kareem Hunt? <sighs> I know there's a lot of layers to that one. There's a lot of Jake and I talked about it because, you know, he came in for a visit. The Colts reportedly made an offer to him. And, Andy, there are... He went to the Saints, too. Is that where he visited? Was it New Orleans? Vikings were were another team that he reportedly visited. So we haven't seen any movement yet. But we are, again, back to the late July, early August of you look at a depth chart and it's Deion Jackson who's a little banged up. It's Jake Funk who's a little banged up. You've got Evan Hall, the fifth round pick out of Northwestern, who to me is probably more of a pass catcher. Um, that's kind of a specialty, if you will. 
as a running back. Again, we'll see about Zach Moss, where he's at from that broken arm. That's a question for Shane Sykin here this week. But if Taylor is either going to be traded or is going to miss time due to this ankle, which, I mean, hell, he's missed. Jonathan Taylor's missed like 40 straight Colts practices, if you go back to last season. And you throw three games on top of it. So, again, that's a question that you have. So, where are you at? And I, I know it's a little bit of a kind of spur-of-the-moment thing, but with Kenyon Drake being cut, there's real no veteran healthy name in that room. Would or should Kareem Hunt be somebody they pursue? I feel like Kareem Hunt was was 2020 was the last year where he was productive, right? Like Kareem Hunt, remember he, he goes from Kansas City to Cleveland and he was like the fantasy football handcuff for everybody. <laughs> he had to have Kareem Hunt. Uh, you he know, would come in on the goal line yeah, and take all of well, Nick Chubb's touchdowns yeah, and away. He, and he, would, well, he was getting receptions too. He would get you know, 30, 40 receptions, so there would be some value there. I mean, heck, in 2020, man, he had 11 touchdowns which is a pretty good number for a guy who is easily the second running back there. I 2020 is a long time ago when you're talking about a running back. Listen, I, I to, to me, Kareem Hunt is, at this point in his career, he's more of a name. Is he not? Uh, he's more of a name that you remember because he has been productive, right? Right. I mean, he's I also mean, been in trouble, uh, but he's been productive as well. I don't know. I think a couple years ago, Kareem Hunt would have turned me on a lot more than we sit here today. I mean, when he led the league in know. rushing, I, Rosie Bowen was three years away from being even a thought. 2017. In the Bowen family. Like, I, I just... What was I doing in 2017? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think where it I feels even so, lived it in It feels so long ago. It really yeah, does. I I 2017. Square resident in 2017. Yeah, I, I am... Um, I, I've kind of made my stance on on Cream Hunt. I guess we can cross that bridge if we need to again. Um, I am not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it off the field, and I'm not a fan of it on the field. Um, but I do think, Andy, the relevance of veteran running back move, that is still there. I mean, the Colts clearly thought it was needed in late July, early August right. with the move for Kenyon Drake. Do they still feel that way in late August? Well, I think especially if you move Taylor. Right, that is yeah. something to certainly keep an eye on here over the next couple of days. Uh, among those nine cuts yesterday, I would say the other name of note would be more from a local angle. And Andy, we have this trend here in Indianapolis where I think the Colts tied an NFL record at one point. I think two years ago is when the streak broke. It was like a 21 or 22 year run where an undrafted free agent made the Colts week one roster. Um, it was certainly a long, long list of, I would say, even notable names. I mean, you've had a Gary Brackett turn into a great player. Jeff Saturday is an undrafted guy. Um, you know, Jack Doyle was an undrafted name. Not all of them being necessarily undrafted by the Colts right away, but they've had a pretty strong pedigree of that. Um, back during the draft, the Colts signed Emil Echior Jr., who played at Alabama, started at Alabama for three years, went to Cathedral High School here on the east side of Indianapolis, and by all accounts, it was like a medical thing that, that, that really forced him to drop as much as he did. I mean, a three-year starter at Alabama to go undrafted doesn't happen every day. Uh, and he played right guard, which... You could make the argument that's Valuable. the biggest question yeah. for the Colts um, entering this season. So, um, Ekior Jr. does not make the team. He gets cut very early on. And when I look at this roster, and again, 107.5 The Fan is where my latest 53-man roster look is, I don't see an undrafted free agent making this team. Um, 
I didn't necessarily think anyone outside of Ekior potentially jumped off the page back in the spring. And as you watch training camp unfold, he was a little banged up. They seem to be rotating in a whole lot of other guys at that right guard spot. He got a couple of looks, but not many. Um, so, again, I don't think an undrafted guy is going to make this team. So I know when people saw the list of the nine players cut yesterday, that was probably the other name that I got asked about of, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about him. So I would say no undrafted free agent. We did get official word, by the way, on Saturday. Broken ankle for Danny Penter. Mm -hmm. His 2023 season, which is a contract year for him, is over. Andy, as I start to look at this list, six, seven, eight, nine. If I'm making an offensive line depth sheet right now for the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and ninth guys, the sixth guy is a fourth-round rookie. The seventh and eighth guys have never played a snap in the NFL. And the ninth guy is named Arlington Hambright, and he has not played a snap in the NFL since 2020. It's a great name. It's a, He's a dignitary. That's what and he sounds, sounds like. It sounds like British royalty to me. He sounds like someone who goes to Virginia. That's a UVA joke. I don't know. He just sounds like someone who goes to UVA. Seems like he owns like the biggest suite at Manchester United. <laughs> That's exactly right. You guys aren't soccer guys, are you? You guys watch that at all? Before football shows up, you watch it at 8 o'clock in the morning? I do not. I got to cut my losses somewhere. I don't think Matty Bowen would appreciate me hopping on an EPL. You know, My brothers are super into it. I am I watch it, but not, not to that degree. By the I, do, way, I, I do get in a little bit to the international scene. Like I, I think it's fascinating that the U.S. men's team is so bad compared to Obviously, other countries. Well, you know, KB, if, I, we, put I, I our, if we put our best yeah. athletes... LeBron and goal. If, if Flory Badunga yeah, striker. If Odell Beckham was playing... By the way, I'm looking at Mark right now. Every time... I want to rule on the show if we can do it. Anytime Jack Doyle is referenced... Can I get the Andrew Luck Jack Doyle? <laughs> like it, it, that was like a great just, find by just, Mark on that just one. Just at any point, if Jack Doyle is uttered, especially by KB, I think you've uttered him three times Have I? in six shows well, that we've a done. High school classmate, a, a, a terrific human. <laughs> Don't say Jack Doyle three times in a mirror, otherwise it's like a Bloody Mary situation. <laughs> that was great. Did you have that, Mark, when you found that, or did you? I, mean, just, I just I literally just googled. Nowhere. Andrew Luck, Jack Doyle, and that clip popped up instantly. <laughs> so, absolutely, I'm always looking for Jack Doyle. <laughs> no, no, it's, he's 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 awesome. He's the best. You know? <laughs> ah, the good old days. Uh, but everything it, was so simple back then. Hey, man, O line depth. Uh, you know, tomorrow at four o'clock when those waiver claims start to be processed, and Wednesdays when we kind of officially get word. Uh, I mean, six, seven, eight, nine. And again, this is where I scratch my head, Andy, because I've had issues in the past with wide receiver. Like, I don't think Chris Powell has invested enough in trying to support quarterbacks. But again, that is not a belief of his. A belief of his is offensive line. Is the offensive line, So right. that's why I am so just like, what? When six, seven, eight, nine right now. Now, I know Danny Pinter just got hurt, and obviously you were going to factor him into one of those spots. But when you even get into that part of it, because I did this exercise a few years ago when San Francisco and Kansas City made the Super Bowl. The Colts had really poor offensive line play that year. I, I should say they had poor depth. They had to rely on it and didn't work out. That year, San Francisco and Kansas City, in making the Super Bowl, they needed their backup offensive linemen. I think it was to start like 18 and 20 games respectively. So just normal offensive line wear and tear, injuries, attrition, whatever you want to call it, 
you got to rely on that group to start more than a full season. So in some way, shape, or form, six, seven, eight, nine on your list, they're going to combine for about 20 starts. It sounds like what it, and this is, it, here's what I think you're doing, and I think you're right. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're talking about Mo Alley Cox, and I know you ask about that over the weekend, and we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, and we're talking about Anthony Richardson, and we're doing all this talking about everything else, but how much of it matters if the offensive line isn't good enough? And I feel like you're giving a reality check, KB, to those people that, hey, we can talk about Taylor, we can talk about anyone else, any other you unit on this team, but the conversation around the offensive line needs to be a it needs to be much higher on the list when we analyze how many games this team is going to win. Well, I think you can make a strong argument, Andy, that the offensive line started the domino of all disastrous dominoes last year. Like they were the root of it. If they play better, does the statute quarterback look a tad more competent? And you could make the argument Matt Ryan's arm was shot, so maybe not. Um, but your run game, of course, struggled last season. Taylor's injury played into some of that as well. So I think that's where anytime you got a rookie quarterback, and we've got scar tissue in this market with luck, um, you know, how does that play into some things? On the Josh Jacobs front, that franchise tag, what the Raiders did with that, they took it from what was it, 10 million ish, just a little over 10 million, and bumped it up to I think nearly 12 million. With incentives, again, Jonathan Taylor is due four point. I think it's four point two or four point three million this season. He's not on the franchise tag like Saquon Barkley, like Josh Jacobs. Can the Colts see what the Raiders did with Jacobs and do the same thing? Well, here's the thing: they're not going to get the chance because uh, what he was going to make ten one, just like Saquon Barkley, and so they've sweetened the deal. But they were going to be under the tag. They were going to make more. They were going to. They're going to make more money now. Uh, well, Barkley and Jacobs, right? I mean, they're going to make more money now than they would have just simply played on the tag this year. And so you make them happy. I, I think for me, isn't this what we've talked about, KB? Can, and I've and I've been doing this since last Monday. Can you sweeten the deal, right? For right. for Jonathan Taylor, yeah, JMV says, can you massage yeah. the situation? Which you know. But what does that number look like? If you go from four, yeah, if you go from four to seven, these teams at least had a baseline that you're going to be paid over ten million dollars. That's not I mean, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. no, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if you're on the tag and you come in and you're not happy, but you're playing on the tag, and we know we know how that is uh, with these running backs. So, like to me. To me, the Giants and the Raiders made their, you know, running back, one of their better players for both teams, they made them just feel better about the situation without having to give up too much and money tied to incentives, which is, of course, good sure, for, which sure. is good. You know, if Barkley goes out and has 1,200 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns and catches 45 balls, I'm going to be happy, right? And I think there's and, a playoff element yeah, and go ahead, to th- the incentives throw, with yeah, Throw him another mill, throw him another two mill, something like that. The can the like like to me Ballard? You said is speaking win Wednesday. That's the question. If Jonathan Taylor is on this roster and he's on the fifty three, and there's a lot of water to go under the bridge here, KB. But if you're telling me if Chris Ballard is answering question on Wednesday, 
excuse me, on Jonathan Taylor. To to me, that is like besides besides <laughs> besides his his health, which they're not going to give you much information there. It's what what can we do here? And that's been something I've been yelling about since last Monday. What can you? And Taylor may say, I don't even want that. Yeah, right. Th- that that element, I think we probably need to bring up more. And unfortunately, it's an unknown because we've yet to hear from Taylor since June. But would that be enough? You know, would just a bump in pay for 2023 be enough? Or is Taylor's hard line in the sand, which again, he doesn't have a ton of leverage here, is the hard line in the sand saying, no, 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 I need multi- multiple he would be, years. He would be the only one with the hard line in the sand. Jacobs gave in. Saquon Barkley gave in even quicker than Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs went all the way to went all the way to yesterday before Jacobs putting and, his name in. Jacobs and Barkley gave in, but 10 million, 11, 12 million is pretty nice money to give yeah. in on. And you they know, got more Jacob, money. Er, yeah. Taylor, again, I, we're talking here in NFL terms because to any of us, we'd happily do this. But $4 million is different than obviously 10 or 11 they, Those guys were first-round picks too. That We should mention that. Taylor, not a first-round pick. So Taylor has not made right. the amount of money no, you're right. that those guys have. I, I will say this on Taylor too in terms of sweetening the pot, if you will. Jonathan Taylor right now the Colts just had one of the worst offensive seasons this franchise has had in eons. If you look at it in the last few years of the NFL, it's one of the worst offenses league-wide in the last few years. Jonathan Taylor is the fifth highest paid player in this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we debate who the best player is in this offense, it's Jonathan Taylor, what, 80% of the vote, and maybe Quentin Nelson gets a little bit of it? Like, uh, I, yeah, maybe, maybe it's higher than that. I think it's 90. So yeah. let's just say for, you know... Argument says he is is easily first, maybe second. Now, all of a sudden, if you look at how much you're paying him, that's where his frustration is. He's saying to the Colts, I'm the fifth highest paid player on this offense. That doesn't add up. So that's where I think sweetening the deal. Would it help? It would certainly help a little. But again, is that enough to satisfy Taylor? Or do you need the multiple years? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. On that end... Bob Kravitz going to join us just a second. Reminder, you miss any of the show, find the podcast. It's up on Apple, 1075thefan.com uh, if you want to check that out as well. I know you're listening right now. If you get to work, you want to listen to us, stream us uh, anywhere. Jake going to be up at noon. He's, is he in today? Is Jake in today? I know he's missing a day or two. Is he going to more White Sox games? I uh, think uh, IndyCar-wise, oh, IndyCar, he yeah. should be good to go. He's yeah. okay. hey, he's I don't back. know. He made the truck back yet last night, I believe. He's back in the saddle. Portland and Sonoma, if, if he'll be out there for those but yeah he uh, should be back so jake up at uh, noon and then obviously jmv coming up at three o'clock all right bob kravitz joins us on the payless liquors hotline you can find his stuff bobkravitz.substack.com bob good morning as we sit here on this monday uh any surprise at all jonathan taylor still a colt and what do you make of the entire situation as the deadline obviously by the colts is coming up tomorrow yeah, I don't. I don't see how this ends well for JT. To be honest with you guys, I mean, you know, if if nothing gets done by tomorrow and he's activated off the pup, 
uh, which I suspect he will. Otherwise, he misses four games. He's looking at $45,000 a day in fines. Plus, if, if for every week that he doesn't play, that's another $240,000, one, one, one-eighteenth of his salary. So, you know, if they can't get something done, I don't know what his options are. He could be, you know, he could be, t- you know, hard about it. But that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. Even if you're making four point three, to be throwing away two hundred and eighty, two hundred ninety thousand dollars a week is uh, pretty serious cash. Mm-hmm. Bob, let's say Jim Mercy calls you up and says, Bob, you know, back in whatever twenty fifteen, I tried to get a third party mediator for Chuck Pagano <laughs> and Ryan Gregson, and that didn't work out too well. But now I'm calling you to be the third party mediator here between Jonathan Taylor and Chris Ballard, or I guess in this case, maybe between Jim Mercy. What would you try and accomplish? Like, what do does each party need to give 50-50? Does one party need to give more than the other? How would you try and calm the waters to steal a phrase from Ursa? Well, I, you know, I look at what happened with Josh Jacobs. You know, um, you know he got uh, about $13 million a year. Uh, I, I believe it's a two-year contract that he got from, uh, from the Raiders. I, I think that's the, the only way out is to come up with a, with a number in between my my point would be if they first of all they're not even negotiating according to Jim Ursay so take that for what it's worth but uh, no I, I I think there's a middle number there that they can that they can hit um, but they haven't done it by now and there's been no negotiation so it sounds to me like uh, the Colts are, are willing to wait this thing out let him see what his uh, value is on the open market and then uh, put all the pressure on him to make a decision but you know if they haven't if they haven't found a number yet i don't know if they're going to do it here in the next 48 hours bob will you have any issue in the colts pursuing and signing i guess they've already pursued and signing kareem hunt yeah a little bit i mean you know given his his background for crying out loud aren't there other running backs out there who don't have a history of domestic violence um that that that's problematic for me um you know it, it's not like your quarterback or or your top wide receiver this is a guy that you're just bringing in to fill a hole and given his his history and all the talk that the colts uh make about you know the horseshoe guys and uh character and all that well that, that's a tough sell to me kevin Bob Kravitz with us here on the Fannies on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, whether it's whether it's uh, on your site there on the Substack or it's on interviews here, Bob, I've kind of heard you say, "Hey, listen, uh, trade this guy." And KB, you've been very high on this. If you're not going to extend him to get something for him, a couple deals on the table, obviously over the weekend, Bob. Still no movement uh, as of yet. Is there an offer that would be too low, Bob? Where you would say, you know, I know you want to get rid of him and move maybe move on from Jonathan Taylor but you know we can't take a fourth rounder like Trey Lance got right. moved for is there is there like a line in the sand I guess that you actually have well you know I, I go back to when Marshall Falk was traded many years ago I believe he was traded for a second and a fifth and that was back in the day when uh, running backs were important you know and uh, so I, I would say a second and a fourth second and a fifth something Something that, that adds up maybe to close to a one, I think, is reasonable. 
but it doesn't sound like reasonable as part of the equation these days. Uh, you know, part of the problem here is we don't know what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, is he asking for an absurd amount of money, like $16, $17 million a year? Uh, is he, is he in, a, in a more reasonable realm of, you know, 13 or maybe 14? Uh, we don't know what he's asking for. So it, it, it's hard to have a strong opinion one way or the other as to who is who is right and who is wrong. It's been a weird column to write because I can see where the Colts are coming from, but by God, I can see where Jonathan Taylor is coming from because they paid all those other guys who were in the final year of their rookie contract, and uh, he, he has proven that he is an elite home run hitter, and, and the Colts you take him away, and who do the Colts have who are home run hitters? And outside of Anthony Richardson, and he's a rookie, I don't know what you got. I mean, I haven't been uh, impressed with Alec Pierce at all this preseason. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a very odd situation. And uh, I, I just think in the end he's going to come back. If he if he is back and he's off the pub, do you think he plays week one? And there's no way to know. I'm just putting you on the spot. Do you think he plays week one? I do. I do. Uh, look, you know, I remember years ago, uh, Edgerin sat out uh, most of his uh, first uh, first uh, training camp because of a contract situation. That was, again, back in the day when, uh, you know, the rookies weren't slotted uh, financially. And he came in and ran for a million yards. So, no, I, I, I don't think – I think that if he is available and he is active, he will play, and, and I think he'll play reasonably well. Okay, Bob Kravitz is with us. Bob's latest, bobkravitz.substack.com. A terrific piece from Bob and talking with Peyton Manning on you know his thoughts on Anthony Richardson, life like for a rookie quarterback starting in year one, those sorts of things. Bob, I, your relationship with Peyton is well documented. You know your relationship with Anthony Richardson obviously is not at that level, but just from listening to Richardson, you know, hearing stories about him, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel there are any similarities in how Anthony Richardson and Peyton Manning are wired? Obviously, on the field, there's not many similarities. But off yeah. the field, how they are wired, do you see anything? Guys, I don't know that anybody is wired like quite like Peyton. Sure. You know, I mean, he's, he's a unique animal. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Anthony as time goes on. I mean, you've been to all the press conferences and – Basically, when you're sitting there in a press conference asking, you know, football questions, you don't really get to know what makes him tick. You know, hopefully here soon we'll, we'll be able to, you know, sit down with him and, and, and get a better idea of what he's all about. Uh, I, look, I, I think he's a guy who feels like he's got something to prove. I think he's a guy who uh, is very humble. Um, but I don't see a lot of, a lot of similarities or commonalities simply because I don't know Anthony well enough to make that that kind of statement. How do you think you played in the Philly game, including flapping the wings at the crowd <laughs> after that, the that touchdown? Was awesome. <laughs> that figured, was awesome. It man. was. It's a, pre, it's a preseason <laughs> game, and he's flapping wings at the, defense, at the guy at the team that went to the Super Bowl. I thought that was great. Um, I thought, you know, the, the numbers were not uh, representative of the way he played. I was really impressed by his pocket presence. Uh, 
and his uh, ability. Now, granted, it was against the ninth stringers for the Eagles, but um, his pocket presence, he clearly throws a beautiful, a beautiful ball. Downs should have had the one against Philly. Pierce should have had the one against Buffalo. Uh, I thought it was the most impressive six for seventeen for seventy some odd yards I've seen in a while. But you you saw signs, you saw signs of what this kid can be. Bob, last one from me. Um, your level of interest in Ryan Walters' first year or potentially Tom Allen's last year? Ooh. Yeah, I, I think Tom Allen. Uh, you look, you know, he still has a pretty sizable buyout. I don't know the number exactly. Uh, I looked it up the other day and I forgot it already. Um, but, you know, the, the hope was that he could show that the pandemic year was not an aberration. I think if they have a third straight terrible year, and I unfortunately suspect that they will with, you know, not really knowing their quarterback situation, um, I think it's going to be tough for Tom Allen to survive another bad year. Uh how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, Bob, to sum it up, when you're in year six and you're over-under win totals, three and a half wins, that tells you everything right. you need to know about where your program's at. Right. Unless you're Chris Ballard and then you're still here after seven years. <laughs> I know. The, the, the amount of people that ask me what blackmail Ballard has on Ursay, I think is quite the uh, quite the statement. Can, can I just yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah. Well, I, just because we talked about it, do you think Mo Cox gets cut to go back to the Colts? Do you think he makes the team, Bob? I, I think he makes it. I mean, what do you keep? Three three tight ends? I, I like Granson. Um, uh, I think oh, they, they love Ogletree for what he can do potentially. Yeah, I think Mo Cox makes it. But if we find out tomorrow that he's no longer with the team, I would it would not – it would not qualify as one of the great shots mm-hmm. of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> it, it just wouldn't. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just say that'd be great July radio, Bob. You can come in and give us your greatest shocks of your lifetime in the, the in the uh, you know the decades following sports. I'd like that. Oh. That's July radio. Andrew Luck would be number one retiring. Sure. That would be the number one shock of my lifetime. Again, it is bobkravitz.substack.com for the latest. Bob's had some great stuff up there here in the last month or so. Bob, thanks for the time this morning. We'll see you at Colts later this week. Thank you, boys. See you soon. 